There it is. You remember taking that picture with uh, Kay Nagley, who works with our staff? You remember that one? I sure do. Yeah, I yeah. sure do. Yeah. Golly, look at me. I was all jacked up back then. I need to, I need to get back in the gym. <laughs> well, but look at your shoes. Um, that Something's off with that picture. I don't know if you can notice, but um, you know why that picture may look a little fuzzy? It's not real. So Kay Nagley, who works on this show, was a huge... She had a crush on you, right? And I don't mean to put her on the spot. She knows we're doing this. But she she liked you so much that she put her photoshopped herself with a picture of you. So that's not a real picture. She photoshopped herself there. Well, I, I don't remember that picture, apparently. <laughs> wow, that's great. Well, I'm going to have to give her a shout-out this morning. I hope she's having a fantastic day. She's awesome. She's working today. I would have not done that without her approval, but uh, she was a little embarrassed about it. But I thought it was all, all in good fun, man. Um, so how, how you been? What's going on in your world? Man, life is great. In North Dallas, just had a baby boy uh, about four months ago. So we're running around trying to get a little sleep. But all is well in our world. And college football is right around the corner. So couldn't be more happy about that. Well, congratulations, man. Fatherhood is the greatest gift in the world. I, uh, I started off the show. I dropped off my boys at high school for the first time. I have twin boys that are in high school and two girls. And um, just soak up every minute, man. That's uh, such, a, such a great blessing. So... When you look at this A&M team this season, what's your outlook? How do you see it all playing out? Yeah, I think it's a lot to prove, right? Um, you come off an eight and four year last year. You didn't have the opportunity to play in a bowl game, which hurts. Um, you know, you get excited for those types of things. It's an opportunity to cap off a year um, on a bright spot uh, or, or not a bright spot, but you learn a lot of things through that process. We missed out on that last year. Obviously, a big recruiting year for the Aggies. Um, but we got some really good pieces of the puzzle coming back this year that I'm excited about. And then some pieces that, uh, you know, are, are unknown up to this point that I'm also excited to watch unfold. I think that obviously the quarterback position is the one that's in the spotlight. And it'll be very interesting uh, to see who ends up taking that job over, whether it's day one and run away with it. Or if we get into, you know, the first one or two games of the season and somebody solidifies that job. Well, let's talk about that quarterback room, too, because my notion has been if A&M gets a little bit better quarterback play last year, they're a 10-win team. I think regardless, this quarterback room is better than they had last year because of injuries and the situation they were dealt um, with other injuries, too. So when you look at this room as a whole, how do you see it playing? Uh, how do you see it, I should say? Yeah, you know, I think it, it is an interesting room. You've got some guys with a lot of experience you've got some guys with a little experience and then you've got a guy you know with, with no experience and so uh from that standpoint it's across the board now i think we have three guys that can get out there on the field right now and put the ball in the end zone so that's a that's an awesome thing to your point i think we have a really good quarterback room now the intangibles are what's going to be the guy that ends up you know, leading us down to a 10-win season, 11-win season, 12-win season, right? And I think all these guys have different qualities that could put them in a position to do that. Uh, Max Johnson, the guy that, you know, has the name. He grew up around football. He lives and breathes it. He's got the experience. You got Haynes King, who obviously last year battled the injury. And, and um, you know, we'll see where he comes out mentally. I think everything I've read, he's come out, and he's having a really good offseason and putting himself in a position to be the guy. And then you've got Connor. The guy's highlight tape reminds you of a lot of guy that, that wore number two at Texas A&M. He's got an incredible amount of talent, but there yet 
mentally is he there there yet um, in terms of his maturity? We don't know that yet. So uh, from where I sit, and you guys are way more involved being right there in the heat of things, it could go any which way. I don't think it's a two-man QB battle. It truly is a three-man QB battle, and it's going to be decided here at the end. How nice is it, too, that we hear Jimbo saying he wants to open up the playbook, they want to go deep, and they also have the playmakers to do that? Well, you know, everybody looks at AM and they think of, hey, let's control the clock, let's you know, dink and dunk. Let's do a little play action stuff. Let's hand it off to our to our running backs, which we have great um, skill position guys coming back this year. Uh, but, you know, to hear that is exciting. Let's push the ball out down the field. Let's take some risk. Let's let these guys just open it up, right? And that's where college football has come to, and that's where you get the most out of your guys, in my opinion. When you say, hey, I've got all the confidence in you in the entire world. Go out there and make the plays that I know you can make. If we can get to that type of communication between the play caller and the QB, we're going to see some big explosive plays on offense this year. We got Trevor Knight on the BCSI hotline. Trevor, it's um, they got some unproven guys in these skill positions that we have to see how it plays out. I have high expectations for Evan Stewart. I have high expectations for Jake Johnson, the tight end. One guy that you know you can rely on is Devon A. Chain. What kind of year do you expect from A. Chain now that he is the lead back? Well, you've seen it years and years in the past with Cyrus Gray and Travion Williams, those types of guys that come in as a younger guy, they get their feet wet, they have productive years, and then they build on top of that. So I don't see him being any different than that cast of guys that I just mentioned. He understands how to play this game. He understands how Jimbo works. And Bottom line is he understands how to get the football in the end zone. So, again, a lot of explosive play is going to come from that guy this year. Um, I think they're going to be able to be more multiple with him with just another year of understanding in this offense. And uh, it's going to be really, really fun to watch him uh, run up and down Kyle Field each and every Saturday. What do you make of this uh, rivalry that has been of the words and also on the field between Alabama and Texas A&M? And you've got all the national pundits saying A&M is going to get beat down this year, even though they said that last year, and we know how that all played out. Well, it, it is a rivalry. And, and what a rivalry is is if one team has the ability to beat another team, right? And, and A&M has shown that now a couple times since moving to the SEC that yeah, Alabama is the top dog in college football. Um, that, 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 there's no question about it, and they are picked to be the top dog again this year. We get that. They are circled on everybody's schedule. But the Aggies knocked them off last year. The Aggies have knocked them off a couple times now in the SEC. So it is a rivalry game. Um, I am excited for that one. I think that there is going to be so much energy in that stadium. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of trash talking, which is what I think makes college football fun. And uh, from an internal standpoint, you've just got to remember, hey, it's the next game, right? Let's prepare the best we possibly can. Let's go out there and play the best we possibly can. And let's do the things that put us in a position to be successful each and every day. If you go out there thinking it's Alabama and it's David trying to get Goliath, and it's you're not going to play your best brand of football. And to beat a team like that, you've got to play your best brand of football. So, um, uh, again, uh, a, a date on the calendar that I've got circled and everybody else does as well, but it is absolutely forming into a rivalry because you have teams that are capable of beating each other now.
Trevor, does a uh, does bulletin board material matter in a mega game like A and M versus Alabama? It's going to be two top ten teams, hopefully, playing against each other. Does bulletin board material play a factor at all? Absolutely, absolutely. There's there's something to be said about uh, you know a bunch of eighteen to twenty two year old young men and the testosterone that's running through that uh, through that locker room. You you give them a little oomph that starts to flow a little bit more and it just gives you a little bit extra of an edge to go out there and, and give it your all. Now, the, the, the opportunity there for the coaching staff is how to harness that energy, how to harness that excitement so that you can go out there and be productive, not make mistakes, not, you know, swing out of, of, of your shoes, but go out there and play disciplined, hard-nosed football and have that focused energy towards the task at hand. Did you like with your teams in the past, Oklahoma or A&M, having a tough game early in the season, did you like that, or did you like easing your way into those kind of games? No, I think, uh, you know, started off strong. Now, you don't want to put yourself in an opportunity to to uh, to get beat early on in the year, but, you know, I remember we had Tennessee scheduled at a home-and-home home when I was at OU, second game of the year. Now, we did get to play, you know, a no-namer week one, get your feet wet, but having Tennessee come to town or going up to, to Neyland stadium. Um, that was, Hey, put your big boy pants on. It's time to go. And, uh, I think it propels you into the rest of the season. Now there are so many factors on having a successful season. Yes. Going out Saturday, putting the ball in the end zone, stopping them from getting in the end zone is the easy equation. But when you're battling injuries, when you're battling, um, all sorts of hype and energy and, and just all the different factors that go into making a successful season, it is difficult. So if you can get some experience with a super loud crowd and having to go silent snap count or a, uh, you know, a, a double overtime win, right? Like we had when, when I was at AM over Tennessee college game day in town, right? Those types of things. Um, puts you through the gauntlet so that when it arises late in the year, you're able to uh, step up to the plate again and say, hey, I've been here. Let's do this again. So not that I expect you to know all these rosters, but when you look at the SEC West, it's always crowded. But is it A&M, Alabama, and everybody else, or is it a little bit more crowded than that? Because Arkansas gets a lot of love. Um, you know, Ole Miss had a 10-win season last year. I think they've lost a lot. Some people think they brought in enough. Uh, how do you see the SEC West? Yeah, I think there's some there's some question marks for sure, specifically at Ole Miss, right? Um, they got to have a quarterback step up and, and lead that team. But I think Lane Kiffin's done a really good job of creating an interesting culture there, uh, but a culture that works. Um, the, the big one for me is obviously we talked about Alabama. They, they, they are who they are. They're going to be tough to beat. But, but Arkansas is interesting to me. They got a really good quarterback. Um, we got to circle them on our schedule because of what they did to us last year. That is going to be one of those games that is a uh, put up or shut up type of game for the Aggies. Um, it is, um, it, first of all, we should have a, a, a rough taste in our mouth because of last season, but they are not going to be a walk in the park. It is not going to be one of the games that we've, um, that we've had in that series history where the Aggies typically come out on top. It's going to be a dog fight from start to finish. Um, and so we'll see. I think that's the big um, uh, pendulum mark right there is that Arkansas game in our schedule. All right, let me ask you about Oklahoma. Um, obviously a huge offseason, um, coaching change, quarterback change, players change, assistant coaches let go recently. Just uh, Oklahoma's got a lot of questions as well, but they are in the top 10. Are they a top 10 team? I, I believe they are. I believe they are, and, and here's why. Uh, Brent Venables 
brings to Oklahoma two things. Culture that is proven. We've seen what they have done at, at Clemson, and, and that permeates through a coaching staff, right? Um, he's got a culture that is proven, and that's been very apparent through this offseason, how he's implemented that into the Oklahoma campus. And I say campus, not just locker room, because it's been felt across the campus. And then number two, the, the, the dark spot for Oklahoma in the, in the recent history has been their defense. Well, I would argue that Brent Venables is one of the best, if not the best defensive mind in college football. So if he can provide some stability there um, and the defense is better, that immediately creates them a top 10 team because of, on the other side of the ball, two guys that have experience together, a guy in Dylan Gabriel and the new offensive coordinator and Jeff Levy, who have played this game together. They have communicated before. They're on the same page with each other. And while Dylan Gabriel may not be in you know Heisman conversations and those types of things, the dude has put up numbers over the last several years. He's tried. He's true. Um, he's got the experience. If he doesn't make too many mistakes, they're going to be solid on offense, solid on defense. Don't uh, pick ups in the Cotton Bowl or things like that. Uh, you know, their their schedule is a lot easier. The Big Twelve is not as nearly as stacked as uh, as maybe the SEC West is. Trevor, we appreciate it, sir. Have a great day, and uh, can't wait to get the next Photoshop with you. Maybe with I don't know. We'll find another celebrity and, and team you guys up. All right. Love it, guys. Thanks, David. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, Trevor Knight on the BCSI Hotline. All right. So when we come back here on Texags Radio around the association with uh, the association of former students. Scott's here. Randy's here. We're going to find out about Aggie Park, some of the details, some of the juicy stuff. But right now I'm talking Millican Reserve, farm-to-table community. They've got uh, homes. They've got trails. They've got farms. They've got wide open spaces. Their mission is to build a healthy community around nature. If you like hiking, if you like biking, if you like canoeing, so far everybody listening is like, yeah, I, I like that. I like that too. I like that too. Go check out Millican Reserve. It's a uh, the beauty of Millican Reserve is you don't have to live there to go enjoy it. Um, if you're just in the area, you should check it out right down on Welburn, right? Just or down on Six. Just head out there, leaving Kyle Field. If you're on Welburn on your left hand side, if you're on Six, look on your right hand side, you'll get there. Just a couple exits down after uh, you leave this area. And I'm telling you, you're going to love the experience out there. They've got an extensive network of trails throughout a wooded landscape. You've got all the animals you can imagine out there. Um, you've got the uh, songbirds, the rabbits, the turtles, the plant. They've got the white tailed deer there as well. It is a place you got to go check out and enjoy. And if you're looking to buy a home, great area to live in. If you just want to go enjoy nature, do some yoga, do uh, some concerts, do whatever, you do it there at Millican Reserve. The website is millicanreserve.com. Again, that website, millicanreserve.com. I'm Chelsea Reber with your community calendar on The Zone. Every Thursday in August. It is Texags Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Royal Insurance Studio. Got friends playing in the background? How many people, how many of us have them? Sorry, as I butcher the lyrics. Good song. We've got our friends here in studio, the Association of Former Students. Randy, what up? Scott, what's up? Howdy, how are you? Hey, guys. Thanks for having us, yep. David. Uh, Scott Walker, Randy Ray is with us. So, we haven't talked in a while. Um, it's been a minute. Let's catch up. Uh, Scott, tell me where things are with Aggie Park and opening up that first uh, weekend for, uh, against Sam Houston State. It's happening, man. We are on schedule, and as you can see, we've got sod down. We have water in the lake the uh the stage with the pavilion has been constructed it's got a copper roof just like the academic building it's going to be an iconic site on campus um amphitheater 
So that picture is actually out of date. We've got a lot more sod and more water in the lake since that was taken, I think. Um, it's going to be fantastic. It's really coming together. Things are happening fast. We're basically in push. If it was bonfire, we'd say we were in push right now because we've got roughly two weeks till the concert. So I was fortunate enough to go and visit, you know, I don't know, was it like six weeks ago maybe? Mm -hmm. And like being in the middle of it allowed me to really, like the pictures do amazing justice, but being there really, uh, so when people walk there that first weekend, let's talk about that concert. Uh, I know it's been announced, Robert Earl King will be performing. Um, that was, you guys were working on that for a little bit. Yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. It's a free concert. Everybody's welcome. We, we do ask you to register because so, that'll help us manage um, what we need for the size of the crowd. Uh, Randy, what's the URL? It's uh, tx.ag slash, let me find it here because I lost it. Aggie. Aggie Park Concert Register. Okay. Yeah. Say that again just so people have it. tx.ag slash Aggie Park Concert Register. It's absolutely free. Um, there will be um, some, some food and drink service on site, but you can also bring a cooler, uh, bring a blanket, whatever. Um, we do need people to know that if you're going to go to yell practice after the concert, um, you can't leave your stuff in the park. Okay. So, uh, and you can't take a cooler in into, uh, into Kyle field. So people need to sort of think through the logistics of how they're going to handle their stuff that night. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. All right. So you've got Robert O'Keen, who by the way, has done benefits uh, here before. Who else is going to be out there? I think I see Max Stallings, right? Sure. Um, class of 89, Texas country, singer songwriter. Juliana Rankin. Right, another uh, class of 18, um, also singer-songwriter from Texas. And then the Barn Dogs, which is five current students. Current students, yeah. Yeah, which is really cool. And all of them will tell you that they've been heavily influenced by Robert Earl King um, in their musical careers. So, so it'll be a, very, a real Texas A&M feel to the entire <laughs> night, right? Absolutely. Well, well it's, part, it's part of Robert's final tour, right? So this is his last time in Aggieland probably imagine sentimental moment for him sure. to be able to sing with Kyle Field staring at him with that big old crowd. So it's, it's a, uh, we're really excited about it. I will give you guys credit. You didn't tell me who it was going to be. All right. But you told me it'll make sense. Yeah. And this is who I thought. So like, yeah. this is the perfect way it's, to open it up. Yeah, it absolutely. It just seems like this is how it ought to be. Yeah. Are right, so some of the details um, gates open? Yeah. So gates open at five fifteen uh, with the first act starting at six. And so, Basically, from six on, you'll you'll hear Juliana, you'll hear the Barn Dogs, and then Max, and then Robert will close it out. And again, we're looking around that time frame where people have enough time to to head over to Kyle Field for midnight yell practice. Um, one thing I did want to point out is we we definitely want to give a special thanks to Southwest Airlines, um, the the Texas A&M University system, and the office of the president for helping to to help make this concert possible. Because without them. Um, it wouldn't be what it is, and we're excited and happy that they joined us for that. And it wouldn't be free, for sure. So that's why it's free. Help remind the audience, like, the why. You know, we, we I am the why, but the why. Not for just the association, but why Aggie Park and why this gift to the university. Yeah, absolutely. So everybody's excited about the concert. We'll do the dedication the next morning, and then people will be tailgating for the first time in the park. But that's not really what it's all about. As great as those things are going to be, those are those are transitory events. The things that are going to last, that park is forever, right? It's a generational change to the landscape of Texas A&M, and it's going to make student day-to-day -day life better, and it's going to create engagement opportunities for the association, and that's what it's really about is it's just a tremendous gift from former students to the current campus community, this beautiful landscape, 20 acres in the middle of campus, um, 
it's it's going to be amazing and the long-term impact is really what it's about mm -hmm. um the concert's going to be fun but what's really going to be great is seeing students in that park around around the clock and around the year all year long uh Tell us a little bit about the dedication the next morning. Yeah, so after the concert, obviously on Saturday before the game, we're going to have the official dedication. So 9, 9 a.m. at the stage, which is the same place that the concert will happen, we'll have, uh, we'll have that official ribbon cutting, if you will, of the park and officially say it's open. Everyone enjoy it. Obviously tailgating will be going on and everything will be happening around it. But that's really the, the point in which – we're saying it is here it is it's open enjoy it have fun uh and, and we're excited to have gifted that to the university and to the aggie network uh, absolutely and it's it's uh, you said it's a moment ago scott but just being there on a wednesday afternoon doing your studying the wi-fi um you know you can get an ice cream you can just enjoy this this extremely hot weather recently but like uh, in the trees like there's so much to do 365 that um, I think students that are just getting here to the campus are going to be spoiled. Well, let me tell you a quick funny story. So I was in the park uh, a few evenings ago. We were filming some things, and there we are in the park, and there was just a little sliver of a fence open. Yeah. And all of a sudden we see this student, headphones in, just jog jog in the park and just make her way around. Yeah. And, uh, she must have been in the zone, but just to see that, and then to imagine what that's going to be like when it is open, um, people jogging, like you said. I didn't even in. think about that. What a great place to go jog. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's trails. Uh, con you know, there's sidewalks all around. The lighting is going to be great. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's going to be awesome. Hey, since I have you guys here for a few minutes, I am the why dot com. Um, I know it's your, your big push and it's such a great uh, place to go share these Aggie stories, but there have been some changes here since you were last here. Yeah. I've been telling people about it, but if you want to give a little bit more For details. sure, yeah. So we when we launched the campaign, it was about sharing Aggie stories, right? So it's it's about hearing Aggies tell their stories, and within those stories, the association has a played a part in, in making that happen. Well, we spent a lot of time building and, and producing stories to, to, to put on the site. Well, now we've opened the opportunity for Aggies to submit their own stories. And so if you do go to I Am The Why and you scroll down there's a little section down there, there that says share your story and, and it'll prompt you to on your phone or on your on your laptop or computer, use your webcam mm -hmm. and you can actually share an Aggie story. And, and again, what we know is that within every Aggie story, the association has played a part. And so we just want and we encourage people to visit the site, share their story and, and let's populate that site. I, I think you've said it on radio and I loved it. It's it's like an Aggie YouTube um, where you're, you're hearing those stories. And I think that's the easiest, best way I've heard a description for. So thank you for that. But yeah, yeah. just go to the site and, and there's opportunity to share. It's an Aggie YouTube that my kids can go to. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> you, you don't have to worry about some weird uh, video popping sure. up, some really cool stories. And I also like for you to remind people that you you guys do this not just for the former student. Current students get uh, take advantage of, of what you guys do. Absolutely. If you go to our website and look at our mission, there's actually a line in it that says, serve the student body. That's very unusual for an alumni association to make a commitment like that to serve the current student population. Uh, we give back millions to the university every year for the benefit of not just students, but also faculty and staff as well. Um, it's, it's a key part of what we do to help keep traditions alive and to help pass it back, you know, help the mm -hmm. Aggies that came behind us, just like the ones before us helped us when we were at Texas A&M. Absolutely. Any final thoughts here before we hit a break on uh, Aggie Park opening and when people can get their, their first look? Yeah, I, I got a quick one that I know will resonate with this audience. We added 400, 500 Florida bass to the lake. 
All right. Um, end of last week, I guess that was. Um, and it's um, that there's going to be more. That was just the first batch. Um, and once parks open, people can fish. It's all catch and release, but it's going to be really cool. That is cool. Anything else? Yeah. So real quick, um, we do have a bunch of events going on. All Aggie Tailgate, All Aggie Hullabaloo. If you're in a company or an organization and you want to get in front of Aggies, we have sponsorships and uh, vendor opportunities. So just hit us up, sponsorships at aggienetwork.com. Also, if you want to join the team, you can do that as well. Absolutely. We're hiring for sure. Yeah. Good stuff. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate Thanks. you. Thanks I can't wait to go. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be yeah. a, a wonderful concert and just uh, 365, as you both have said. All right. When we come back here on Tech Sags Radio, uh, Coach Alan Waddell will join us. We'll talk a little Aggie football next here on... When I think of Gangster's Paradise, I think of Coach Alan Waddell. That's what I think about him. I know he was a big Coolio fan. Tex-Ags Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. I kid because I care, Coach Waddell. How you doing? Good morning, sir. I'm doing good, my friend. Uh, you're dating me a little bit as far as my age on that. I don't know who you're talking about. But I've got my Aggie mug, got my Aggie shirt on. It's Aggie football season. Uh, I'm excited about the park. I was listening to the show beforehand. That uh, That is going to be awesome. I mean... Uh, the, everybody talks about the Southeast conference and the experience of going to other places, you know, our other, other opponents. And they always talk about the Grove, the Grove, yeah. you know, at Ole Miss. I think this is going to rival the Grove. I really do. It's going to be an awesome experience there. I love the way you say that. That is exactly true. And, and by the way, I was thinking about you yesterday too, because I know that, uh, you used to watch me on ABC 13. We had Greg Bailey yeah. on the show yesterday. So, uh, yeah. and I knew I was going to try to have you today. So that, that worked out great. All right, let's talk about camp. Um, at this point of camp, right, from your coaching days, you know, you got a couple weeks yeah. in, you got a scrimmage in, maybe a couple left. What are the players going through? What are the coaches going through at this point of camp? It's a grind. It's let's get through the day and get to the tomorrow. There's no doubt. That's why the good teams are the tough teams. Uh, you've got to stay focused in. Coaches have to do a good job of uh, keeping their team mentally fresh and uh, and the legs fresh. That's the toughest part is, is to uh, – to, to not to drain the legs. We got a long season coming up. We're going to be playing 14 ball games or 15 or however many it takes to win a national championship. It, uh, it's going to be a long season. So pacing the two a days or the fall workouts to make sure your team is fresh physically and mentally, uh, is, is a, it's a big challenge during, during fall practice with the coaches able to work with them in the summer more now. And, um, uh, and a lot of the top freshmen coming in in January, uh, the teams are way ahead as far as the fundamentals, as far as the knowledge of the offense and defense, even though we got a brand new defense, they're way ahead than they are in the old days. So there's no doubt they're ready to play. I'm glad you say that because I think it used to be one or two guys or zero guys that are freshmen coming in. Now you've got a big slew of them. I think it was 11 or 12 this year, and they get yeah. nine months yeah. to feel like a college football player before their first game as opposed to a few weeks. That's right. Now they're still youngsters. All right. They went to their prom just a couple, couple, a few months ago, you know? So, uh, but, uh, they acclimated to the speed of the game, they acclimated to their older teammates. Uh, they realized that, uh, they're not fresh. They're not, uh, high school kids anymore. They're no longer the very best players on their teams. Like they always have been, and they have to work and compete, you know, type stuff. So, uh, the competition during, during all that time is really big. A discussion came up during the show. We played uh, Stephen A. Smith's soundbite about um, you know Alabama going to put a beating uh, on Texas A&M, and he felt sorry for them. And the discussion was about bulletin board material. Ob says it doesn't really matter when it's a game of that magnitude, but with players, I think they do think about it. Do coaches think about 
what the outside noise is? They say they don't, but do they? Yes, they do. <laughs> don't, don't, don't kid themselves. They're so worried about people, but uh, one of the, especially the players putting bullets and more material up. I can remember one time we were playing, I was at Lamarck and, um, we were playing a, a lesser team and they asked me, how can you get up for this game? And I said, well, you have to get up for this game. Uh, you have to get up for uh, podunk high, just like you would for the green Bay Packers in case podunk high plays for, uh, likes the green Bay Packers. And we went to the opponent stadium and there was this big sign that said, welcome to podunk high school. So uh, they, they definitely do that, you know, type stuff. But I, I really think, all that ends after the first kickoff and the first hit and get after it. I think it is overrated for a while, but it's good motivation during the week. That That's what it's about. It helps preparation. I don't know how much it is as far as game day, because the whole deal is everybody's fired up when the game starts, whose fire can stay fired up longer during a football game. And uh, I really think that it might help a little bit there. What about at this point in camp? I mean, is that stuff that like, you know, it, it gets old, right? Oh yeah. 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 When, when people start dragging around with people, they, they say, Hey, they ain't dragging around in Alabama. Hey, remember what Alabama, this is why Alabama thinks they're going to beat us. And it gives an opportunity to find out if you have leaders, it gives the opportunity for the leaders to lead. It gives opportunity for the young kids to understand what leadership is. So, uh, it's an important time. It, there's no doubt. And, uh, and it's it's going to be fun. Give us some insight to teams that were maybe ranked high that you were a part of and um, how often it played into a good season and how often it played into a poor season. Well, there, there's no doubt the, uh, the the 98 championship team, you know, we were a very good football team. We were right coming in, you know, come off a, a big bowl in the, uh, the year before. And uh, we, we knew our potential. We also knew that potential is a nine-letter word, but you haven't done anything yet. But we had great leadership with Dat Wynn, Dan Campbell, and all those guys that uh, that spurred us on, and we, we reached our, our potential. Some of the other years, we had some talent, and we maybe didn't have that leadership. Maybe we didn't have that drive. Maybe we were we were uh, living on our past, you know, that I can remember R.C. said this, you know, our, our great record at Kyle Field well. Just because we were playing at Kyle Field doesn't give us an automatic win. We had to still go out and play. You know, I think a lot of times the kids didn't realize how important it was to play hard at Kyle Field with the fans there. They just thought it was a gimme almost. So it's a, it's definitely a, a an interesting time. And and the coaches kind of find out what type of team you have, whether you have that team that's going to overachieve. I think two years ago, the Aggies were an overachieving team. You know, they really had a great year. Last year, by everybody's count, it, it was probably underachieving team. They probably should have won some games that, that, that they did. You know, A&M shouldn't lose to Mississippi State. You know, A&M shouldn't lose to Arkansas. Those type of things, you know. And we showed our potential by beating Alabama, you know, type of stuff. So it was disappointing, but I'm sure that they're using that as a motivation for this year. I'm sure they found leadership that in reminding the team, you have to show up and play every game. All right, so they're ranked number six right now. Um Hard to be an uh, overachiever when you're number six, but all uh, easier to be an underachiever. But this team, it feels like they can overachieve even at number six. Well, that's right because they're very talented, and uh, it, it's a team. It's a. It's. I. I think if you look at uh, two years ago, we were a, a team that they, everybody said, "Well, wait till next year because we've got so many young younger players," you know. And by golly, twenty twenty one is going to be our year and all that because everybody's back. Well, I look, looking at the starting roster right now, I think we've got 
uh, uh, 18 non-seniors on the first team. Well, those young guys, they don't wait. You're not guaranteed next year. You know, let's all put it together. We are a very talented football team. Let's play to our talent. And we've got a great schedule to bring us along, you know, with a, with Miami, I think game four, you know, opening with Arkansas, we should be prepared by then. And then we hit the tough part of the, uh, the toughest part of the, uh, of the schedule in the Southeast conference. So I think the, the, the cards are laid out. We just have to play our cards, right? It's going to be a really outstanding season. Um, number six, somewhere in the top 10, what that's telling you and telling everybody is you have the talent to win. There's not a game that you're going to go into that, that you have to, the other team has to play bad for you to win. Uh, you have the talent to win. It's going to come down to which team plays the best football on that day, which team is prepared, which team is motivated and which team's going to play the best football on that day. Whoever two great teams ever turns the ball over the most is going to lose. Whoever gives up the most big plays is going to lose. Whoever misses opportunities like dropped interceptions or missed tackles is going to lose. So it's a matter of cutting down your mistakes because great teams are, are always going to be great teams with, with talent. Coach Rodell, I've hit a point in my Aggie life that I'm sick of saying next year because that's what people are saying this year. Right? Like, next year's the year. No, how about now? Let's just get it done now. Hey, next year is here. Let's do it now. We are accumulating great recruiting classes now. Uh, Jimbo's putting more talent on the field at Texas A&M. Let's, let's not wait. Let's not wait. Let's do it, okay? We've got, we've got uh, leadership. We've got experience. Uh, the, the, you look at us, we're inexperienced, especially in defensive line and some things, but we're talented. We're talented. We're fast. Speed never has a bad day. Talent rises to the top. We've got that opportunity this year to be a great team, contend for a conference championship. And when you do that in the Southeast Conference, that means you can win a national championship. And we will be in that position year after year after year, as long as we keep recruiting great, as long as we keep getting support that Aggies always get, as long as the kids focus in on, on the task at hand, which is winning big football games. Coach Riddell, I want to ask you about coaches' perspective because like, we, we get a lot of coaches speak from coaches all around, NFL, college yeah. football, NBA, right? Uh, but sometimes I feel like we read into things that are there or are not there. And I'm reading into Jimbo's body language. When he talks about Haynes King, he's back, and he talks about this defensive line, and he talks about there isn't a coach-speak thing there. To me, the way he says it and the smile on his face, the look in his eye to me tells me, he really believes in this team. Am I off my rocker? No, you're not. No, you're not. Um, sometimes they can fool you, but when they have that twinkle in their eye, when they know they're good, they can't hide that. You know, that's that's like, uh, you know, when you, when you take a pretty girl to the prom and you have that twinkle in your eye, oh, yeah. you, everybody knows she's pretty. Okay, there's no doubt. So uh, so definitely, uh, it's it's uh, we're, we're a good football team. We're a great football program. And uh, the future... The future looks good, and the present looks even better right now. Right now, because we're excited about Aggie football. That really resonates because I'm thinking, like, if you go to the prom with like, you know, that lady, and everybody's yeah. looking, you, you, you're just kind of acting cool, but you know, you got that cool car, you know, you yeah. got the new Jordans, you know, you, you, you're feeling it. Hey, you don't have to brag about it, you know. You know, it's it's there. It is there. Hey, you you were a part of some very uh, obviously awesome teams and defenses. But the backfield that you guys had to practice against certainly made your defenses better, right? So what about this backfield going up against this defense every day at camp? 
Well, the big key is in the game in backfield is speed. And you, you can't, you, you can't, most teams can't simulate the speed that they're going to see in a game in practice. Texas A&M can't. We've got enough depth in our scout teams. We've got enough depth, enough depth and enough of, uh, talent in our backfield that our defense is seeing Southeast Conference speed every day, every week, every day in practice, you know, every day in off season, all that kind of stuff. So A&M and the, the, the top 10 teams are all in the same boat is it are able to simulate more what they're going to see in a true game than a team that, that, that doesn't have that kind of speed. or doesn't have that kind of talent. So that's a big plus the rich get richer, the better get better because they can simulate that in practice. And, and let's close it up with this. Um, Jimbo says that he wants to open up the playbook and that's been a, a conversation this week when you have the backfield to do it, but you also have the playmakers. Uh, a good coach like Jimbo is going to, go to his strengths. He's not going to just go to a simple game plan. No, he's got a national championship ring for a reason. You know, and you usually, no one's good enough to simplify it. I mean, the, the great teams have a great game plan. They got to open it up. And Jimbo knows how to u- utilize talent. Okay. He's got a very talented young quarterback, you know, coming back. Uh, he's got a very talented offensive line. He's got some explosive players. He's got depth at all those positions. I look for AM to really, you know, open things up, that stuff. Uh, one of the big keys, Max Wright at, t- at tight end. If, you know, if Max Wright can have a big uh, – Jimbo has a really good tight end offense. If Max can have a big year, AM's going to have an outstanding year. So, I literally look forward to, to him. He's a, he's a former defensive lineman, so he's tough as nails. He's a great kid. He works hard. He's got some talent. He understands the offense. And uh, I think he's going to be a big key to our offense, kind of a, a sleeping giant on that offense. He can block, too. He can give us something maybe we haven't had as much at, uh, at tight end in the last two years. Well, that entire tight end group, right? Like, I mean, you got Max Wright, oh. who's got the experience and can block and can do things. But Jake Johnson, Theo, like Donovan, like yeah. the, Blake Smith, like they got a lot of players. Yeah. Oh, Donovan Green, is, is, is he comes from Dickinson. I've seen his play. In fact, I coached Donovan's dad in high school. Oh wow! It, it, it's at Lamar. Donovan's dad was on our state championship team. So, so yeah, it's a it's a neat neat situation, and he's a lot more talented than his daddy was. I'll say that for you. He's a stud. <laughs> you know, his daddy was pretty good. So, it's it's a neat connection right there. Hey, Coach Waddell, let's get you in the studio soon. All right. Hey, I'll be there. Like I can say I got an apartment in College Station now. Be at all the Aggie games. I got season tickets, season baseball tickets, bunch of basketball tickets. So, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be up at Aggieland once or twice a week probably and uh, love to get in the studios. Yeah, te- text me. We'll, we'll make it work for sure, okay? We'll try to make it work, okay? I'll, I'll check my schedule. Thank you, sir. Coach Thank Allen Waddell. Thank you, Let me see you. Thank okay. you, sir. Gig him. Gig him to you too, sir. I always love talking to Coach Waddell here on Texags Radio. We'll have an open segment when we come back here on Texags. Then our number three, Bronny in studio with a little recruiting country. It's Texags. See if we can do an entire three hours on bulletin board material. It's Texags Radio. We're presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Appreciate everybody listening in uh, as we truck our way through, truck our way through, whatever, uh, our three-hour show. We're going to have Coach G join us at uh, 1035 now. So we'll we'll chat with him for a few minutes as they get ready for Clemson tomorrow. Looking forward to talking to Coach G, as always, as we do on, on Wednesdays. A um, couple other things to get into this segment. Let's go to the News and Social Center. We've got uh, Kennedy Cabin, who's got a few text messages for us to get into. Um, where do we want to start off, Kennedy? Um, well, I'm looking at Nate in Fort Worth's right now. Okay. 
So uh, he said people who recognize MJ as the GOAT are realists. The LeBron apologists are the definition of fanboys. Dave, I have a copy of How to Win Friends and Influence People if you'd like to borrow it. Look at that. That uh, stems from an earlier conversation where I, I forget how it even came up. How did the last dance? Do you remember how the last dance came up? I, I somebody meant one of y'all mentioned it. I think great documentary, by the way. Oh, and then Dave said, "I don't want to waste my time with that." We were talking about manufacturing an Emmy. We we're talking about LeBron oh. Smith. See, thank you, Dalton. That's why you're on the show. Uh, yes, absolutely. And then Dave had to throw in. He goes, "No, fanboy's not rude. You know, I'm a fanboy of." Uh, you know, Billy Lucci, and I'm a fanboy of Evan Stewart, and I'm a. Yeah. But you know, when you say it to somebody else, it's one thing to call yourself a fanboy. When you call somebody else one, it is not a nice term. Dalton, do you agree with this? Yes, David, I am. I'm a really big fan of. Yes. Sorry. I agree with that. Sorry, you were talking to me. I thought you were there. No, I was, and then I pushed it away, and then yeah, couldn't yeah. find it. Who are you a fanboy of? Um, I don't know. Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. What about Virgil? I mean, yeah, but Mo. It starts and ends with Kloppo. I mean, I if you want another one I was probably the biggest fanboy of, it was Sadio. So now I just cry watching all my Bayern friends getting to watch him. That's so. all right. You got Edwin Nunez now who's down there's like four people who are listening to this thing. What are they talking about? Let's we'll move it on. I, I mean, I, this was supposed to be a soccer segment. It's supposed to be Aggie soccer. Yeah, well we're gonna be doing Aggie soccer at ten thirty five. How about that? We're going to get Coach G on the show. Boom. Yeah, darn phone line has to be rebooted. All right, um, so in hour number three, we're going to talk to Bronny, and I'm looking forward to seeing Bronny for multiple reasons. I'll tell you those reasons when he's in studio. But we will chit-chat with uh, Ryan Broniger here at uh, 10.05 for um, uh, our Recruiting Country, brought to you by Caprock Health. Looking forward to doing that. We will also have, uh, after Coach G, a little bit of open time to get into some of your thoughts on today's topics at hand. Some of those that I've hit ad nauseum. Our program director's listening and being like, dude, move on. Let's go. I'm going. I'm going into the next segment here on Texags Radio. Uh, again, if you want to be a part of the show, you've got the BCSI hotline number 979-693-1150, or you've got the A&B text line 979-693-1150. A&B, the call station branch of the Amarillo National Bank. Good Texas banking. The website, A&B. You are listening to Texags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.